0: It's been a long time since I've enjoyed a series like I'm enjoying this series, kind of speaking to me. It's kind of reminder things in my own life on how quickly you can get off course and how quickly God can restore us as we get back on course, and it's a great reminder to me as um, I'm dealing with the message that also no lump, matter how long you have had victory in a certain area... It's, it's a great reminder that the enemy is always ready to put you in a position not to have victory. We wrap up the series next week, and I'm excited about that message because next week we get some good news for Samson. I mean, Samson has been effing it up now going into week three, and it gets no better today. In case you're just joining us, let me give you a little bit of backstory on this very frustrating guy named Samson. If you don't know his story, Samson was actually called by God and set apart from birth to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. They were in bondage to the Philistines, and God raised up Samson. He gave him this supernatural strength in order to do what God called him to do. But as what happens with so many of us, that potential kept falling to the wayside because of decisions that Samson made. Especially us men, we're so good at taking potential and screwing it up. And I've kind of been beating up the men the last couple of weeks because, man, I I believe that as men go, so our society goes. And I believe that we live in a society that is trying to neuter masculinity, trying to quiet men. And I get it, I believe that masculinity became this unbalanced thing, but the answer is not always to swing it back the other way. But the messages have applied to the ladies, and so many of you ladies have sent me messages thanking me for it. Real quick, history real quick. In the first week, we looked at three attitudes that make strong people weak. The first one we said is the attitude for lust. I want it. Therefore, I'm going to take it. And that's what Samson did as he pursued a Philistine woman, something that, if you'll remember, he had Nazarite vows, he was forbidden to do. The second attitude was entitlement. I deserve it. As he went and he touched the unclean animal, the dead lion, remember that was a Nazarite vow, he was not allowed to touch dead things. And the third problem was his pride. Remember, he, he wasn't allowed to touch alcohol and he threw himself a kegger because he thought, I could handle it. Though I have this vow before God, I can handle it. And we see that over and over and over that we have an enemy, Satan, and he likes to take strong people and make them weak. But we talked about we serve a God who loves to make weak people strong. That's good news for us. I mean, last week, we talked about one of the problems with Samson is that Samson was emotion-driven, and not spirit-driven. He ran on emotions, and we talked about that. We saw Samson, he wanted to be the main character in the story instead of God being the character in the story. We found out last week after slaying a thousand men, he comes to himself in the middle of the desert. He's lost his wife. He's got everybody coming after him, and he realizes, man, I can't do this on my own anymore. And we learned last week that when man allows his deepest needs to drive him to God, God will meet his deepest need. Samson was in motion to remember. He was driven by anger instead of by the Spirit. He was driven by pride instead of the Spirit. And I ended with a verse last week, and that's where we're going to pick up. We ended in Judges 15, 9. It said, then God opened the hollow place and water came out of it. Remember Samson's tired, he's out in the desert, he's wore out, he's exhausted. These men have been chasing him, and he's turned back to God. And the Bible says, and when Samson drank, God provided. Listen, God will always provide in your darkest hour. He is an on time, all the time God. Had Samson screwed up, Samson had screwed up. Was Samson in the place that he was in at his own doing? 100%. Were there consequences for Samson's actions? 100%. But when he came to the end of himself, he turned to God, and the Bible says, and God opened up the hollow place and water came out of it. And the Bible says when Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. It doesn't matter how far you get from God. It doesn't matter how deep in sin you get. It doesn't matter how bad you screw up. It doesn't matter if you screw up one time, baby, or you screw up 10,000 times. When you come to God, we serve a God who will open up the hollow place, pour water out, and it will revive you, and it will restore you, and it will return you to the potential God has for you. Somebody say amen today. We're going to have church today. Now, here's the deal. I'm tired. I put a festival on yesterday. I slept about three hours. My feet literally feel like they got heartbeats in them right now. I walked like 20.9 miles. I am fat. 29 point, 20.9 miles on asphalt has me wore out. I have now drank a Mountain Dew today. I have drank a five-hour energy drink, and now we're on the energy drink. I have drank no water. I am dehydrated, and we'll probably pass out in the next 10 minutes. But in those 10 minutes, we are going to get in the Word of God, all right? And you are going to talk to me today. Listen, the Bible says they revived him. Now, check out the next verse. The Bible says Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. God revived him. God restored him. Don't miss this. Oh my God, this is, I I have never had this thought before in all the times I've read this story. And then the very next verse, it says, because God revived him and God restored him, Samson led Israel for 20 years. If you are not careful, because I have done it now my entire life every time I have read this story, you can read right past this verse. You can gloss over this verse. In fact, I've never heard anybody mention this verse in all of my years of hearing someone preach on Samson. For 20 years, it appears, Samson was faithful in living up to the potential that he had in his life. It seems like Samson learned his lesson. And the Bible says for 20 years he led in the days of the Philistines, the day of the Philistines being a powerful nation and controlling the Israelites. And yet Samson was the leader of the Israelites. For the next 20 years he would lead faithfully as a judge over Israel. He had had an experience with the living God. The living God restored him, renewed him, revived him, refreshed him. And for 20 years, Samson lived past the point of his potential. The P word was no longer associated with him. He was living his calling, honoring God, serving God. So many of us get in those points. You ever been in that point where it's just clicking and things are going good? And man, your marriage is good and your career's good. And man, your parenting's good and your purpose is good and your calling is good and your time in the Word is good and your time in worship is good and the connections in your life are good and the relationships in your life are good. And man, you just step back and you say, man, let me knock on some wood. Life is good. God is speaking to you. You are hearing him clearly and for 20 years. Samson is doing what He is called to do. But we know this is not how the story ends. By the end of today's sermon, we're going to get to a point where poor decisions have led Samson to his eyes being gaged out, his hands being shackled, and him being the laughing stock of the enemies. We're going to see that after 20 years, Samson living the life he was created for has now fallen backwards. And the P words associated with them again wasted potential. Listen to me, I want you to understand something today. If you don't understand something, if you don't hear anything else I say. I want you to understand this. Samson didn't ruin his life all at once, he ruined it one step at a time. 20 years he was good. 20 years things are clicking. And one step at a time he began to veer off course. One step at a time he was no longer following. One degree at a time and 20 miles down the road he's completely lost. It's easy to look at Samson and say, What an idiot, unless you are like Gary Lamb and you have been there, done that, got the t shirt to prove it. Because once you've been there, you understand there. Once you have veered off course when everything is so good, you have compassion for those that have done that. You have grace for those that have done that. You have empathy. For those that have done that, you no longer look at them and think, what an idiot, or you might think, what an idiot, but you say, man, what an idiot, but I love them and understand. Because we've been there, done that. You get to Judges 16, verse 1, and look what the Bible says, and look at the words it starts with, one day. Everybody say, one day. Let's do that again. I know you're a white church, but let's say we got a little bit of soul. Let's say, one day. That was horrible. But I'll take it. Twenty years, and then one day, Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. and damn women. He'd have been in trouble before with the women. He's done walked in tune with the Spirit for 20 years and one day he went to Gaza and he saw a prostitute and he went in to spend the night with her. We have 20 good years. And the Bible says one day. It's interesting to me that phrase one day, because actually, if you go back, does anybody remember the story of David and Bathsheba? David was the king. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He had an affair with a lady named Bathsheba. He got her pregnant to cover up his sin. He actually brought her husband home, because guess where her husband was? He was all fighting in the war. He brought her husband home to sleep with his wife where everybody would think it was his. But it said the husband was so lord of the king, he slept outside her house and wouldn't go in because he knew he was supposed to be off with the men fighting. No, oh, by the way, he was supposed to be off with the men fighting, and that's exactly where the king was supposed to be. That story starts with one day. It starts with one day while the king should have been off fighting, while the king should have been leading, while the king should have been on the forefront with his men, instead David one day sitting up on the roof, he looks on the other roof and there's Bathsheba naked, bathing. And that entitlement, remember we talked about that, that lust, that entitlement, that I can handle it, kicked in. And he destroyed his life. One day when kings were supposed to be off at war is how it starts, and David wasn't at war, and here we are with Samson. One day, Samson went to Gaza And it was just one day. One day, you can make a decision that undoes the last 20 years of your life. It will take you a lifetime to build your reputation, and you can lose it in a matter of seconds. Gary Lamb been there, done that. We'll do it again, probably. Different way this time. What's going to happen? One day, one day you can start down that pathway of making a bad decision and it leads to that step-by-step downward spiral. Samson went to Gaza one day and he saw a prostitute. Now, just for the record, the problem was not that he saw a prostitute. The problem was twofold. The problem was he was where he shouldn't have been. That was enemy country. Second of all was, it was not that he saw the prostitute. He slept with the prostitute. Verse 2 says, the people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. That's how I know this was not a regular occurrence in the 20 years before, because had he been going there for 20 years, it would not have been news. Samson rolls in, and you can bet yourself that the Philistines Gaza was actually the capital for the Philistines. They knew who Samson was. There was no Facebook back then. There was no geo-tracking back then. There was no GPS or cell phones. But the word spread, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and they lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night and said, at dawn, we'll kill him. 20 years! And one day happens. Samson's here. And they weren't dumb. They knew what it was going to take, so they surrounded the place with tons of people. Now, you've got to understand something. This is significant here. Like I said, Gaza was the headquarters, if you will, of the Philistines. So our idiot here, I mean, excuse me, Samson here, goes into enemy territory... 20 years in to being faithful, 20 years in to doing what's right, 20 years in to living his calling, no longer being said he has potential, but he has calling. And one day, he makes the trek 25 miles. He didn't get in his car and drive 25 miles. He walked 25 miles. 20 years of faithfulness goes down the drain. And it's funny, it makes me ask this question, why would he be so stupid to risk so much for so little? And the answer is, man, we're so guilty of it, we do it every day. We do it every day. Good marriage, good integrity, good career. And that quick high of something comes along and we throw it all away. It's easy to look at Samson and say, why would he risk so much? 20 years of faithfulness for so little. A romp in the bed with a prostitute. We do it all the time. Because as you know, I only work one day a week, Sunday mornings. I have a lot of time on my hand. So I asked myself, and I Googled it this week, and I said, how many steps does it take to walk 25 miles? It takes 56,250 steps to walk 25 miles. So for 56,250 steps, Samson could have turned around at any time. He had 56,250 opportunities to turn around and not go to where he shouldn't have been. He had 56,250 steps not to put himself into enemy territory. He had 56,250 steps not to put himself into a position not to see a prostitute. You know what I have learned over the years? I don't have to run from sin if I just avoid it altogether. 56,250 steps, one step at a time. Boom, boom, boom. 20 years of faithfulness, I'm going to go into enemy territory. I don't think he went into enemy territory to find a prostitute. I think he went into enemy territory. I'm going to get to it later because he was just cocky. He wanted to push the envelope, and when he got there, he saw the prostitute. I don't think anybody wakes up one day and says, you know what I want to be today? I want to be a junkie. That's my goal in life, to be a junkie. I'm going to destroy my life as a junkie. Nobody takes their first shot or their first hit and says, man, I hope this destroys everything. They just make one decision. And 56,250 steps later, they've lost everything. Nobody wakes up and says, you know what I want to do? I want to ruin my sex life by being addicted to porn. No, they just look at something and it catches their fancy and then click, 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 click. click. They're addicted to porn. Nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what I want to make? I want to be financially ruined. I want to be broke. I want to have nothing. So I'm going to start being foolish with my money and just blow it all. Now they start buying things they don't need. You've heard me say it. Stole it from Dave Ramsey. They start buying things they don't need to impress people they don't like with money they don't have. 56,250 steps. How could Samson be so stupid? We're so stupid. Every single day. It doesn't matter what happens. We can have 10 years, 20 years. Man, you can be clicking, and we let our guard down, and by letting our guard down, we put ourselves in a position that one step gets us off course, and here's the deal. If I'm supposed to walk this way, three miles down the road, but I take two steps this way and just a little step this way, Three miles down the road, I'm going to be in a totally different place than where I was supposed to be when I started. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes one day. One day in the scheme of 20 years, and Samson is now back to where he used to be. He ends up getting himself into big trouble. He ends up finally to where the Philistines have him as a slave, and they have him held captive. And as I told you, they gouge his eye out, so they shackle his hand, and they put him in an arena, and they begin to mock him, and the powerful man of God becomes a laughing stock because of one day. <laughs> There's some steps, though, along the way. Matter of fact, I told you there was 56,250 steps, and I'm going to give you 56,250 points today. I'm just kidding. I'm going to give you three points. Three things that will allow you to get off course. Three things that will take your one day and erase all the other days. The first thing Samson did is he taunted his enemy. He rolls up into town, the town of his enemy. He finds a prostitute. He begins to sleep with the prostitute. They hear about it. Samson hears that they hear about it. Samson is the most powerful man physically around. And the Bible says, but Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up. knowing one, they were outside, by the way. No one, they were ready to make him a slave. They were ready to kill him. They were ready to bring him down. The Bible says, then he got up and took a hold of the doors of the city gate. Now, remember, I've talked to you about the gates before. There was gates around cities, walls around the city. They provided protection. There was only one way in and one way out. As important as the walls were, that's how important the gates were. The the gates allowed you to decide who came in the city and who went out of the city. He got up and he took the doors of the city gate together with the two posts and he tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and he carried them to the top of the hill. That faces Hebron. He's with his girl now. He's with the prostitute. The Philistines are outside waiting for him. And he is now so arrogant after one day that he decides he's going to taunt them. He decides he's going to get out and walk in the midst of them, and he is going to rip the city gate door down. Let me make this very clear to you: these are not little hollow doors. I read this week that these doors could weigh 1,700 pounds apiece. Samson rips them off the hinges, lifts them up over his head. It's kind of how I picture me at the gym. While they're over his head, he walks up on the hill that faces the city, and he places them up there to taunt them. Sometimes we get to the point in our sin or we get comfortable in our walk that we begin to taunt the fact that we could mess up. But we don't understand that we have an enemy, and the Bible says he walks around like a roaring lion. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Seeking whom he can devour. The enemy knows he cannot devour everybody. The enemy knows he cannot devour a person who is humble and focused in on God. But a man who decides he wants to flirt with things, he he wants to uh, play with fire. You play with fire long enough, you will get burned. And the enemy walks around, they say a lion stalks its prey. Here's what's funny, they say the lion's the most powerful animal, don't even have to stalk its prey. They can just attack its prey. But it's a smart animal. doesn't want to put out more energy than it has to, so it stalks it, waiting for the weakness. We don't understand sometimes that we are putting ourselves in a position of temptation over and over and over and over again. You're in places you shouldn't be taunting the enemy, doing things you shouldn't do, taunting the enemy, buying things you shouldn't buy and you know you can't afford and you're taunting the enemy, being around people who are not good for you and you're taunting the enemy because you got it. You can handle it. You're prideful. You're arrogant, you're cocky, and that's what Samson was. He begins to taunt the enemy. So many of us, we've been 20 years in, we've been 10 years in, we've been two years in, and we think we're okay, and we think we're standing firm, but the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fail, fall. The Bible says when you think you're standing firm, the Bible says when you think you're good, when you think you got it together that's when you need to be careful. When I know I'm not good mentally, I'm good. Cuz when I know I'm not good mentally, I got my guard up. I'm watching. I'm aware of what can come along. But when I'm good, I get cocky. Everything's great. I'm no longer looking for the attacks from the right or the left or the north or the east, the south or the west. I'm just doing my thing. I get used to it being good that I no longer think about it being bad. And we begin to taunt the enemy. We begin to put ourselves in situations We shouldn't be in. Someone asked me one time, which is funny if you know anything about me because I'm not a big drinker. They said, have you never had a DUI? I said, well, it's real easy. I don't get behind the wheel of a car when I'm drunk. Yeah, but what? I don't get behind the wheel of a car if I've had one beer. I don't. I throw them keys to Christine. She can drive. I don't need this face and just bust it. I'm not going to taunt the enemy. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Crazy. Samson taunted his enemy. You know what else he did? Samson rationalized the same old sin. Remember the first week? Remember the first week? What was Samson's problem? He, fell on, he wanted a Philistine woman, remember? Bring her to me. Bring her to me. I want her. Got in trouble. He goes to Gaza. Now he's with a prostitute. He's in trouble. After this, you would think, man, he learned some lesson, but look what it says in verse 4. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Mm. You ain't even got to grow up in church, you hear that name, Delilah. Delilah. Now, depending on your age, there's two things you think about when you hear the name Delilah. You always think about Delilah. I like that the Bible doesn't give a description of Delilah. Because I believe it leaves it vague because our Delilah could be anything. Some of you look at your Delilah. Some of you smoke your Delilah. Some of you are drinking your Delilah. You spend your Delilah. You get angry, and that's your Delilah. I don't know what your Delilah is, but you know. But that's not the only thing. Some of it depend on your age. Some of you think of Delilah and the love songs. Anybody remember the radio show called Delilah at night? You called in your love song. It was Delilah. Now, a little bit younger people, they was it the Plain White T's who wrote a song about Delilah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Calm down. It's okay. But we all know Delilah. And Samson began to rationalize his sin. You thought he would have learned the first time. Hell, you thought he would have learned the second time. But now it's the third time, and here he is again, messing around with a Philistine woman. And what happens is, as men, we're, or especially us men, we are the kings of rationalizing the same old sin. Hey, this is just my one thing. Man, I ain't perfect, and nobody's perfect, but this is, that's my stumbling block. Okay. I don't have it all together, but that's, man, I, I like to have a little drink every now and then. They say, Gary, you're anti-drinking? I'm not anti-drinking, but if you're struggling with drinking, you like to have a drink every now and then, there's probably a problem. When everyone around you is telling you you have a problem, but you don't think you do, you have a problem. When you're rationalizing, man, I'm looking at certain things, it's not hurting anybody. We begin to rationalize our sin. We begin to rationalize our behavior. And so what happened is he runs into the Philistine woman for a third time. He didn't learn the first time. He didn't learn the second time. What's the old rule? Three strikes and you're what? You're out. I couldn't do anything to him when he was the prostitute. And now he's with Delilah, and so the Philistines go to her. Look what the Bible says, verse 5. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him, so we may tie him up and subdue him. And each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. They go to Delilah, and they said, We want him brought down. We don't know what brings him strength, but something brings him strength, and we need you to find it out. And what happened is, is that same old sin eventually comes back and it begins to destroy Samson. So she comes along, they bribe her, they give her a lot of money, and I'll give you just a synopsis of verses 6 through 14. Delilah goes to Samson and she said, If you loved me, you would tell me the secret of your great strength. If you loved me, Samson loves her so much, he tells her a lie. He said, if you get seven straps, actually, I, I was reading a verse in the Bible this week, and it said, instead of straps, it said thongs. i saying, I don't know if that was the same biblical meaning as today. But Samson said, if you get seven straps and you tie me up with those, I'll become as weak as any other man. If you tie me up with seven thongs, I'm just going to be honest with you. I like to think I'm strong and I'm a rock. You got me tied up with seven thongs, I'm I'm probably going to become as weak as any other man. I'm just telling you. So in the story, Samson goes to sleep and she ties him up with these seven straps. The Philistines come and she says, Samson, get up! The Philistines are here! And She's thinking he's not going to have any power and he gets up and he breaks the thongs, straps. She's like, oh, you lied to me. You lied to me because he broke the straps and he killed the Philistines. She said, if you loved me, you would tell me what causes your strength or how you lose your strength. He said, here's what I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, you tie me up with brand new ropes. Samson was kind of kinky. Thongs, tying up with ropes. He tied me up with ropes, brand new ropes, and I'll become as weak as any other man. He goes to sleep and she ties him up. Samson the Philistines are here and Samson jumps up pow snaps all those ropes kills the Philistines Remember how Samson was rationalized the same old sin I'm going to be honest with you I ain't a smart man Now I don't care how hot Delilah is I might give in and tell her the first time but I think by the second time I'm going to be like, well, that's funny. Whenever I tell her what takes away my power, she does it and then tells me the Philistines are here. But she comes to him a third time. She's crying. She's boo-hooing. If you loved me, oh, Samson, if you loved me, I think this time she had an extra button undone. If you loved me, you would tell me, and this time he gets real, real close to telling the truth, but not quite. He said, It's my hair. He said, if you take my hair and you weave them into a fabric and you stick them with this pin, then I'll be as weak as any other man. Falls asleep and she does it and says, Samson, they're on you! The Philistines are here. Third freaking time, this idiot. Rationalize that sin. Jumps up and he breaks free and he kills the Philistines. Now Delilah's upset. She's about to lay it on thick. She's angry. She's upset. She feels played. She really shouldn't feel anything. Samson should feel some way, but he's too deep in his sin now after 20 years. Oh, why? Because one day, one day. Verse 15, she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't even confide in me? She laid it on thick. This is the third time you made a fool of me. Not the third time I tricked you. Third time you made a fool of me. Sin will never take the blame. It'll always blame it on you. Third time you made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Now, ladies, I've been real nice to y'all during this series. I've been beating up to men during this series. But verse 16 is for you. Now, she's went to him now four times, and look what it says in verse 16. Man, don't you say man out loud, but you say it in your head. The Bible says with such nagging. She prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Mm. With such nagging, he rationalized his sin. She set him up three times. She's back for number four. And she's nagging day after day. And I know no action church women would do that, but this woman did until he was sick to death of it. Listen, guys, we have got to unite on a front. I'm going to count to three and all you men say amen. One, two, three. Yeah, I wasn't saying it with you. Y'all have fun on the couch tonight. Man, if the shoe fits. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Just funny. Samson's a great story. You got last week somebody plowed with his heifer. This week she's nagging him. But don't miss this. Samson was strong enough to kill a thousand men by himself. He was strong enough to slay a lion and leave it bare right where it was. He was strong enough to lift 1,700 pound doors up over his head and carry him up on a hill. But he wasn't strong enough on his own to deal with his Delilah. That was his stumbling block. That was his hurt, habit, or hang-up. And instead of putting himself in a position not to be around his Delilah, after 20 years, one day, I don't know if he was tired one day. I don't know if he was mentally exhausted one day. I don't know if he was bored one day. But one day, the Bible says he set off to Gaza and he met a prostitute. And then he began the steps, 56,250 steps. But step number 56,251 was he began to taunt them. Step 56,252 was he began to rationalize the same old sin over and over and over. It's never a big jump, it's just steps. Such nagging she prodded him day after day day until he's sick to death of it. So he did what any rational man would do. The Bible says in verse 17, so he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God. We're going to come back to this from my mother's womb. If my head were to be shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. Remember, he had some bowels. Don't get drunk. He got drunk. Don't touch anything unclean. Don't get a haircut. He said, if anything was to touch my head, and they were to shave my hair, I would lose my strength. And then it's interesting to me. He says, I had a calling on my life. I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's room. I feel like right here... I don't know, but this is how I read this. Samson's telling her something, and I believe in that one moment, because there will always be in the moment in the middle of your sin. He remembers the calling on his life. I think his voice dropped a little bit there. He said, man, I've been a Nazarite dedicated from my mother's womb. From the beginning, I was set apart. But he's 56,253 steps in now, and it's hard to turn back. That brief moment he knew it wasn't right. But he's too deep now. The secret of my strength is my hair. If they shave it off, I lose all my power. And old Delilah, she's slick boy. Sin is slick. What's the old saying? I always say sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go, cost you more than you ever wanted to pay keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. Mm. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she was slick. She knew. Lay your head right here. Ain't no man going to say no to that. You get to lay my head in your lap, and you're going to rub my head while I watch TV? Girl, come on. Still got that dress unbuttoned a little bit. She knows now she's got the truth. And sin always tries to finish the job. Lay your head in my lap. She put him to sleep. She called for someone she knew she couldn't do because she knew she couldn't get up. She called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so begin to subdue him maybe one of the saddest phrases in all the Bible, and his strength left him. I wonder how many times we've been battling with something. We've been struggling with something. We've had victory on that something, and then one day, one day, 56,250 steps. Now that seems like a lot of steps, but it's not. I almost did it yesterday in one day. That was at 47,000 yesterday. One day, we put ourselves in a position and our strength leaves us. Hmm. All because he rationalized the same sin over and over and over and over. I told you the first week, and if some people say, oh, when you mess up once, it's a choice, or when you mess up once, I can't remember the thing, but basically saying you can't mess up in the same area more than once. He messed up three times. Because there's always that stumbling block for us. That brings us to the last point. Samson assumed his disobedience would never cost him. You know why he assumed his disobedience would never cost him? Because up until this point, it had not cost him anything he wasn't willing to lose. <laughs> he was going to lose the wife in week one. That hurt a little bit, it stubbed his toe, he didn't like it. But there was no real consequences. He had to go run from the thousand Philistine men that time. But he turned to God and God provided water for him. He began to get cocky in his disobedience. He thought his disobedience would never cost him. Verse 20, then she called Samson, the Philistines, upon you. Fourth time, here's your sign. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know the Lord had left him. That doesn't mean the Lord had physically left him. But in this moment, because of him breaking his vows, the calling of God had left him. The power of God had left him. The anointing had left him. The potential had left him. He no longer has potential. It's gone. The purpose had left him. Samson, the Philistines are on us, and he thought, guess what? No big deal. I've done this before. I kind of like it he jumped up, because again, he was back to number one, he was taunting the enemy. But he didn't know the Lord had left him. He didn't know things had changed. Can I tell you that when you begin to get away with the same thing over and over and over and over, there will come a day in your life that the anointing of God will leave you? You're saying God will turn his back on you? No, I said the anointing of God will leave you the power of God will leave you. The problem is, is you haven't had consequences for your actions. No one has held you accountable. You think you can do whatever you can and treat your kids ever how you want to, and one day they say, Dad, that's enough. You don't know what to do. One day you think you can float all those bills and keep robbing Peter to pay Paul until so they come due. One day you think you can treat people like crap and they'll just come crawling back to you until they no longer will. One day you'll be slacking at work and your boss finally lets you go because he didn't let you go the last three years. And you say, no, 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 no. I won't let it happen again. The boss thinks it's too late. There's no consequences. We think we can get away with our actions forever and ever and ever. and That's what Samson thought. Power. Of God had left him. He'd played with that fire just enough boom to get burned. And the Bible says in verse 21 the Philistines seized him. Samson, strongest man in all the world. God killed a thousand of them with the jawbone. Maybe it was 30 of them. I can't remember. God killed a lion with his bare hands. God ripped off doors. They seized him. Gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, headquarters. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison, a big grinding wheel. A man with so much God-given potential, now he's in horrible shape. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. One step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. It happens because one day, you don't have your guard up. One day, you set off to a strange place you shouldn't be. And suddenly, the potential is no more because the power of God has left you and the calling on your life has left you. For some of you, it could be something as simple as you call yourself a Christ follower and you're not spending time with God. You started off, man, being in the Word, praying, working on that relationship, and you've drifted. The calling on your life has begun to leave. It could be something lustful. I want it. I got it. I deserve it. I can handle it. It could be greed. You're so called up in the world. Financially, you're disobeying God in every front. I don't know what it is, but you do. And you've set off, and I hope you're not to this point yet. But you're going to get to the point eventually. It might be 20 years down the road, but your eyes are gouged out. You're seized, you're mocked. Your kids want nothing to do with you. Your friends want nothing to do with you. You're alone in life because of the choices that you've made. Because you never would get the help you needed. I'm going to talk about this next week. I don't really want to leave us on a down note, but I do want you to understand the heaviness of it. Potential can turn into zero power very quickly. You can destroy in one day what you've taken 20 years to build. You can lie ruined without everything. No hope for tomorrow. Everybody around you done with you and your name tarnished. Because you let your guard down for one day. But I don't want to leave you on a bad note. Verse twenty two says, Don't put it up yet, Xander. You know the amazing thing about getting your hair cut? Uh-huh. Might take some time. You might go through hell in the process. You might lose the anointing temporarily. You might lose the power temporarily. But never mistake losing the power of God as God turning his back on you. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Samson is brought shackles to that grinding wheel. I don't know how long it was, days, months, years. He's dealing with the consequences of his mess. I'm going to read this. I'm going to pray and we're going to pick up here next week. The Bible says in verse 22, But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Here's what I want you to know. I don't care how bad you've screwed up, how bad you've messed up. I don't care if you've lost the anointing and the power of God in your life, and now you're dealing with the consequences of the same actions over and over and over again. It has caught up with you. Until you take your last breath, God is not done with you you. Everybody can tell you he is. Everyone in your life might leave you, but not God. The hair begins to grow back, and the power begins to return. And we'll end on a high note next week. Let's pray.